Hello and welcome to Sunday Rituals, the podcast. My name is Tamiwa Fullerenshaw and I'm so excited to share this episode with you. I sat down with one of my bestest, closest, oldest, dearest friends, Alice Payton, and we spoke about her social anxiety. Alice and I have known each other since we were 12 years old, so we've grown up with each other and at this point we've known each other for more than half our lives. I've always been proud to call her a friend. I've always known what she's gone through and um, how she has or maybe at times hasn't been able to deal with it. But after this conversation, I feel so proud to um, and grateful to have her in my life and to have seen the journey that she's gone on. So yeah, thank you, Alice. And I hope you enjoy. Do you want to introduce yourself, please? Um, sure. Uh, I'm Alice. I'm 24. Recently became a dog mum. Big thing in my life, to be honest. Uh, psychology grad. However, have not ended up in a job which uses my degree at all. Um, yeah, I don't really... I think it's such a weird time to ask people to introduce themselves. It's like, do you yeah, know what I, I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know if I've got much to say, and I know I, I do. I, I have quite a lot to describe myself with, I suppose, but it's just odd. It's not a question to be asked because, like, how do I even explain it? Like, your mind kind of races and you don't want to be like, oh, I'm this and that and blah, 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 but you also don't want to come across boring. But there's no happy medium. <laughs> I've, I've never been good at introducing myself. Anytime anybody's ever asked me to introduce myself, I'm always a bit like, oh, crap. <laughs> so, been friends for 13 years and, yeah. And we used to speak on the phone a lot. When oh, we yeah. Was, yeah. That's the way how everybody used to. It was them and saying or speak on the phone. It was just the yeah. way you had to do it. And, like, back then, I, I remembered... Um, it would have been yours, Kirsten's, and Sammy's phone numbers off by heart. Yeah. Um, now I've got no clue what you guys are. So I would just don't need to know. <laughs> it's all no, you do. You do need to know though, because I know I know like my mobile number and I know my mum's, but you do need to know. But wait, what was I going to say there? I was going to say it's weird though because it's like we had phones at that time, but. It's when they were, you know, when everyone just had pay-as-you-go. Yeah. And you only had a certain number of minutes. Uh-huh. That's weird. Yeah, and that would make sense because I never, it wasn't my money going into that phone. It's my parents. Yeah. There's no way I was going to be wasting it. <laughs> it was £10 a month. Yeah. That was exactly. it. Yeah. That's all you oh. got. Oh. <laughs> None of that sending, like, you know, an emoji as one text or something like that. No, everything was very carefully set out because you can't yeah. waste your text. Mm-hmm. You always got the fear when you found out you only had, like, a pound left of it and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> but who will my last pound go to? Oh. <laughs> oh. What difficult times. Mm. Um, part of the reason I wanted to talk to you about mental health, which we'll get into is because you look back and you're like, I was, we were so young, we were so young. And I think there's perhaps moments in our friendship when 
we were younger and our mental health was maybe like an issue to say and you don't know how to support each other and do you know what I mean does that make sense mm-hmm. no definitely and like, yeah and like looking back it's like um part of me is like oh I would have done things maybe done things differently but you don't almost have the tools to do things differently and then I'm thinking about now and it's actually like how do you really support a friend or someone you know or someone you're in a relationship with their mental health when they tell you they're not feeling okay or things are not good for them like what really can you do um so yeah so I like I suppose I don't know if you just want to explain a little bit about your or tell us a little bit about your own journey and what um your I don't want to call it an issue but maybe where you've like struggled or how you've struggled with your mental health um sure um well it's kind of a thing of I think I've always known that something hasn't been right I, I think as a kid even I was always just anxious like um but then my mom just always thought I was shy and that's mm-hmm. fair enough like I don't think you can ever really think much more you just hope for a kid that they wouldn't be so nervous and such um I had How- phobias like things like lifts and things like silly little like silly things um and obviously my mum would just laugh and we'd take the stairs instead or my family, they wouldn't think much of it because I think as well, uh, my mum, she used to have like a sort of, sort of fear of like lifts and whatever. And I know it seems so disconnected, but now that I have a better understanding of it, it's like the slowly the telltale signs of something's not completely right. And if your kid's already predisposed, like, what's the word? predisposed <laughs> to have fears and such there's a higher chance that they're going to become anxious or have some sort of mental health situation potentially um which happened to me and I'm and I can't say when I look back I'm I'm not surprised that it happened primary school starting that I was sick every day um I was always ill I always felt ill um it wasn't. It had to get to a point where I got somebody, a, a support worker person, had to meet me outside the school, bring me in and give me a sticker for walking through the building, <laughs> which is just a bit mental. But it was the only way to get me through was those bloody stickers. Um, I just and then it also got worse and worse. Like I couldn't do presentations. I couldn't speak out. The idea of having to call my name out so you know at the start of class and stuff yeah sure it was like it goes through the names and you're meant to say here I always remember sitting there feeling absolute dread mm-hmm. and that actually went into high school as well I felt dread even just calling out my name then as well um and I'd get sweaty palms and my stomach would start to get all like nervous and naughty and stuff like that and um it just got to a point where it was getting just worse and worse and then obviously being a kid you don't know what the hell's going on you just think Mm -hmm. you're ill and you think you're the only person dealing with it like how could anybody else have this I'm weird it's just me so you don't speak about it because how can you and if you do it comes out in tears (laughs) like yeah 
I think my moment of it all just getting too much would be around about when I was 15. Mm-hmm. And teenage years are hard enough as it is. <laughs> they're disgusting. <laughs> like, proper disgusting. Um, bad relationship. Coming out of that. My anxiety was already through the roof. Always worried about people were thinking of me always worried that I wasn't making friendships like everybody else could just Mm. constantly that's the thing constant dread constant dread for everything and then that relationship fell apart and then on top of that I got so upset and sad and I couldn't get out of bed some days and when I did I just felt awful like I felt like a shell of a person and it got, I had to go see the doctor. Like, I couldn't keep going on the way I was going. Yeah. And then that's when they turned around saying that I had anxiety. And with what had happened and stuff, they had thought that I had a bit of depression as well with it. Yeah. Which isn't surprising now, especially when you see the facts and figures and stuff, that anxiety can lead to depression and depression can lead to anxiety. They kind of go hand in hand a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah. Um, that- I think it's interesting one that it like manifested at that teenage age obviously in a relationship obviously it's the breakdown of a relationship mm-hmm. um which at 15 even not at 15 like at any age can truly feel like your life is ending and I actually wanted to ask one thing was see when you're talking about younger and when you were younger and you were feeling nervous um like growing up and then as you got a little bit older into primary school mm-hmm. it was feeling you know like being sick in the mornings and mm-hmm. stuff did you have any was there a conversation that was had in your head almost of or was there thoughts in your head that were I feel nervous I don't like this blah 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 I don't know or yeah, was there anything going on in your head at those times? Can you remember? Honestly, I kind of blocked a little bit out. <laughs> Which sounds so sad. Um, but I think my mum remembers more so. Yeah. Um, and she was just, I didn't want to go. I did not want to go. It was all too new. It was all too scary. It was just too much. Um, yeah. I think, but it's funny how that happened in primary and then the first day of high school, the exact same thing happened. My mum drove me up. I was really nervous. I can remember that. I felt awful. Like, I did not want to go in. Mm-hmm. Again, too new, too scary. And it was literally my mum, bless her. I said to her I was going to be sick. She was like, oh, no, don't be silly. You're not going to be sick. I'm fine. She stops the car, open the door. I'm, I puke. Oh. <laughs> and she's like... Oh my god Alice right. and I'm like oh my god she was like <laughs> you need to get out of the car she was like you cannot miss your first day and I was like but mom I've just been sick I'm not well she was like it's just your nerves it's just your nerves you've got to go in and I was like oh it was the worst day because nobody had chewing gum not a single person that I met oh. had chewing gum <laughs> was that on your three-day visit or like your first day of school or do oh, you not remember proper day first proper day yeah but as so, because I you've told me that you've told us that story. Do you know mm-hmm. before? And I think there was would have been time like two, three years ago. Not even okay, maybe a bit longer than that. But you know, we would laugh about that. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, you do have to, I think you do have to laugh about these things because it is quite funny. But at the same time, that's actually horrendous. Do you, <laughs> like, that not... <laughs> so like the, uh-huh. Or that's not, maybe not, maybe horrendous is a bit of a harsh word. But, <laughs> like, that's really, that's, that's uh, a really, a really horrible thing to experience. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't great. Not how anybody's yeah. first day wants to go. As the day went on, obviously, I, I kind of clung on to the people that I knew. And then it was a bit of a safety blanket again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found a lot of situations like that, new situations, always a bit more difficult. Like, um, for example, when we all started to like hang out with different people and whatnot, like go out and meet in parks and whatever. And I'd always have this nervous sensation in my belly. Um, I'd always make myself go because I was like, I don't want to miss out. When you're a teenager, you just don't want to miss out on anything. Do you? But I'd always go there and I'd just feel ill and I'd feel so nervous. And then back then, kids are shits and like people would pick up on that. And I'd get picked on. And it wouldn't be harsh picked on. Like, there was no real bullying or anything like that. I was lucky in that way. But it would be like, you know, the little jab here and the little something here. Oh, you're so quiet. Why are you so quiet? Um, And I'd go home sometimes and I'd just cry. Because I just, I would give anything in the world just to be free in speaking not having to overthink, not dreading everything that would come out of my mouth, not worrying about what the person thought of me. I'd give anything just to be like anybody else, you know? Like, that's all I wanted. And even now, I still don't have it. Don't complete, can't completely connect in the way that other people can. And I know other people struggle, so that's now something that I've, I get relief from, is that I now know I'm 100% not the only person in this world dealing with what I'm dealing with but that's still like one of the things I struggle with is like finding that connection like even people that I've been friends with for years I always wonder if they do really know who I am completely because there is so much in me that I hold back on I think sometimes and I don't even mean to um like I know some people have even said that uh they don't think they've met me completely and you know, I think that's true because I just overthink everything still sometimes, which isn't the best. But it's something I'm working on, and at least now I can actually pinpoint and say that's an issue, and there is things that can help me cope and work on that. But I don't imagine it happening like tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna mm-hmm. be like this whole situation. This is years worth. Yeah. yeah. Years worth of stresses and anxieties on top of each other, and it's. Only maybe back when I was 21, 22, where I was like really sat back and was like, I need to try things. I need to try and push myself to my limits and, and try and get some extra help and this, yeah. that and the other. Um, um, just because I feel like we haven't maybe said it. How would you describe what you have or what you experience? Anxiety in general. So I've got... I would say generalised anxiety, but then again, you can look at my anxiety and 
some people may pinpoint it as just social anxiety. Um, and this is where social situations that I'm not used to or just gatherings of a sort can make me feel quite nervous. Um, yeah. Not all situations. Um, when I was back in uni, I was going into a class for the first time. That was horrendous. I always thought everybody would stare at me. I think everybody would think I was dumb, all that sort of stuff. But as soon as I went into the class, sat down and realized nobody gave a crap. <laughs> I, I kind of got over it. So, yeah. but then there'd be other situations that I now still find hard is like um, presentations, social speaking, oh God, that I couldn't imagine. Like I've always try and wing my way out of it and I know I shouldn't. It's the one thing I say I shouldn't do because sometimes the best way to deal with your fears are to go head on. But yeah, if I can well. get out of social speaking or having to do presentations, I will. I won't do them. <laughs> <laughs> or like some social situations with friends still. Like if I'm not yeah. in the right mindset and I'm feeling awful, even seeing friends that I've known for years make me feel a wee bit ill because I'll, I'll be sitting there and I'm like, it starts off with this. So you're in the situation, you've done it, you've got there, you're with your friends, great. But then everybody's chatting and you're not providing anything to the conversation. And then it gets worse. You start thinking about why you're not providing anything. Are you boring? Do you have nothing to say? Do these people actually like you? Are they inviting you because you feel sorry they feel sorry for you? Why are you here? Nobody wants you to be here leave and it just gets worse it's not yeah. it's like at first it's like a little thing and if you don't catch that voice then all that's going to happen is it's going to snowball and make it worse yeah. and I notice that sometimes if I'm not in the right mindset I can't stop it and I sit there yeah. and I'll go home and I'll feel awful and I generally do and even when I go home and I know it's not rational because it's not the, this whole thing with social anxiety it's not rational it's not a it makes no sense in my head I've went fight or flight and I always want to fly away. <laughs> I don't want to ever catch on or whatever. It's just, it is yeah. hard and it's tiring. And yeah. I can't win all the time. There's no way anybody with mental health issues can always be like, yes, I've done it and I've done it. I've conquered this. But I think once you have a mental health issue and you've had it for as long as I have, you've kind of got to get to the point where you're like, this is probably going to be with me for life. And as much as it pains me to say it, I think one way or another, it's going to be with me. And, it, and you know, that's okay. And I don't think it's ever going to be as bad as it has been. Mm-hmm. But I can't ever see my life without it. You know, like I think, even with everything that I can do for it and such, I think, there'll be periods of time where maybe I just won't deal with it and it'll be great. But I just, with all the research I've looked into and all the sorts, I think there's always going to be a part of me that's got this anxiety, but that's okay. You know, like as soon as you say that's okay, you kind of have some sort of one, a bit of the battle. Yeah. But maybe even with this, you can maybe hear it, but this is my anxiety coming to this. And I know it's silly, but sometimes talking about it, it can make it, hard sometimes too like to get my brain to form words to come out my mouth because I'm overthinking it right now and it's hard to always process like 
So I'm very sorry if this interview is all a bit here, there and everywhere. Because <laughs> no. I'm trying not to overthink, but at the same time I know I am. And I'm trying to think about what I'm saying, but I'm trying not to. And it's like that constant battle. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't no. You are making sense, by the way, just to let you know, don't worry. Um, I actually think, like, when you were saying, that everything you're saying, I just keep thinking of, like, one, do you remember when we were 15, 16, and we were in an English class, and the teacher asked, I think this was when we were reading One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I'm really sorry if telling you this memory, like, plunges (laughs) you into a state of despair. But, um... But I'm still going to tell it. And the teacher <laughs> asked you a question. And now looking back and knowing you, how I know you, for you to almost cause, not cause, but almost cause like more disruption by leaving and you and knowing that your brain probably would have made that calculation, but that was still better than sitting in the room. Like mm-hmm. how horrible, how just like, oh, you must have felt. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that. Oh, Jesus. Uh, uh-huh. I think I just, I had this thing with teachers. And I always thought we had a silent agreement. They always knew I was a shy kid in class. And by that point, it kind of got to the point that teachers just knew not to really ask me questions, which, you know, but the teacher in my mind, she was lovely. There's nothing. Yeah. She was lovely. And I think probably in her head, she was just like, oh, we'll ask Alice. You know, like nothing. She didn't even think about what was going on. I think she knew I had, was nervous and shy and stuff. But um, um, and I can't, I just remember it just was too much. Like my mind, I just couldn't sit there because I knew I was going to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I mean. Like some days you wake up and you just know when you're going to have bad days. And that's probably just one of the days that I woke up and it was already bad. Like I was already anxious enough. You always think that you're okay. And the older I get, I'm always like, oh, my age is definitely making me feel better because I don't overthink as much and stuff. But then obviously this all happened with lockdown and people were getting furloughed left, right and centre. And I was one of those people. And I went into work that day not really thinking about it. Uh, Did my full day of work pretty much and then got called into the office. Got sat down. And you could tell something wasn't right. And you could see my manager and my other manager kind of like standing and sitting and not really knowing what to say. And then they were telling me that I was getting furloughed. And I completely just blocked everything out of my, like what they were saying out of my head. And I just started to freak out. Like my nails were going into my hands. I was starting to feel my eyes tear up. I could feel my heart beat faster. I didn't want to be in that situation. I was so embarrassed, so painfully embarrassed mm. sitting in that seat. And all I could think about was how pathetic they must think I look, how worthless I must be. Um, and I literally stood up and ran out. And I, I went into the bathroom and locked the door. Yeah. And it's like, I hadn't suffered from a panic attack situation for a wee while. And it just mm. knocked me out. I remember coming down, walking back in, apologising for it. I don't. I wish I didn't always feel like I had to apologise, but sometimes you do. Yeah. And I went back in and I was going to finish my day and I just couldn't do it. 
I packed up my stuff and just left because I was like I had no idea how to deal with it yeah and even at this age I'm like there's still things I need to learn I still need to address some things and yeah grow from it um I think but you know at least I can look back and say that you know I used to when I was younger when things would happen I would never look back and say how can I grow from it rather yeah. I look back and just be feel sad <laughs> like I couldn't yeah. do anything other than just sad and disappointment in myself yeah from like a friend point of view from as someone who's an, a very good friend I hope you weren't talking about me earlier on I remember I remember again being 15 16 maybe a bit older and being in the you know the really small H&M Princess Street mm-hmm. that um is no longer there and <laughs> you asking me to pay for something for you because you didn't want to pay for it you know that you didn't want to talk to the like shop attendant whatever yeah. and now and being also which is what I'll go into at that age really um really kind of annoyed with you like almost just being like oh why don't you just do it and I think this is a person I don't mean to say it's more than a personality thing but I think we're just how we approach things as well is different Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah and just being annoyed at you because you didn't want to you didn't want to pay for it yourself not understanding really at that age why um you felt like you felt and then but just paying for it and for you anyway um but to now when you like just go shopping on your own do you know what I mean or go to concerts on your own or like go to gigs on your own like and are so fine in the space of like I don't know five years six years whatever mm-hmm. um I think that's pretty impressive thank you <laughs> God, right. so much more money now though <laughs> Do you think your friends could have been different or the people around you could have been different to help you? When you're that age, you've got no idea what the hell's going on. Like you've got, you're already going through so much yourself. The idea that somebody else that you know is going through something, maybe plus a wee bit extra, it's just hard enough. Um, At least now mental health is definitely something that's more recognisable and getting more talked in school. So hopefully kids are a bit more you know kind and whatever but it's like you said like people don't know how to deal with me yeah and that's like it was okay and like obviously when I would say to people oh I felt a bit sad or if I feel because I didn't order this right but either like I didn't order to talk about it like Mm -hmm. most of the time people were kind and people and my friends were always there and stuff but then like you say there was times where I could be annoying with it, and I could I can look back now and I can see how it'd be annoying. Yeah, you no, you you've nailed it on the head. Yeah, I think to I, me, it. I can only hope the older people get with me, the friends I've grown up with, is that thing of. They know, you know, and we've all grown in that sense of emotional support. And I feel like if I was to turn to anybody, they'd always turn back and help me and have that better understanding of it now. Um, Yeah. yeah, Back then, I I couldn't... Like, I know back then I wished that 
people understood it or could understand me like I wish so much that people could see inside my brain like I don't know how to describe that but I wish so much that somebody could have a day in my shoes but again I wouldn't wish this on other people you know if you've gotten away with not having social anxiety then bloody hell congrats (laughs) wish I could be the same but you know it happened and it's okay that's happened because with it I've gained things you know like I was able to or I'm still able to really appreciate the small things um Mm -hmm. because a lot of the time I had to focus on the small things to get through um and I really appreciate the friendships that I gained because for me making friendships is hard or was hard or you know now I know the friends that I have around me are probably friends are going to have for life rather than people who come and go you know so you know social anxiety as bad as it is it gave me some things that I value and I will value for the rest of my life um you know trying to make friendship with it (laughs) rather than seeing it as an enemy all the time I think it's interesting what you say about like kids now having more awareness of mental health and more knowledge and I think that's completely true and it's I think I don't know I'm not 14 years old thank goodness (laughs) um it's probably easier to say this is how you feel or like you know I feel like this I feel like that but I still don't know if kids have the tools or children or young people or even like I don't almost feel like I have the tools to help someone Mm -hmm. it's or to really truly support someone I think as a friend as well seeing that growth in you but also seeing you almost at points of your like worst or lowest Mm -hmm. and like even like speaking to you on the phone and hearing that which we've both done to each other (laughs) Yeah. yeah I think that bonds you as friends obviously things fluctuate and change and blah 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 but that we will just be friends forever yeah no I I do definitely think agree like I think when you share that part of yourself with somebody else in such an open way you can only hope that you stay (laughs) friends (laughs) you know Uh, uh, when you open up that way you hope you're doing it because you trust that person and you love that person and you hope that they reciprocate it you know you're kind of you're 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 being your most vulnerable self mm-hmm. and with that you hope you're, you're you'll get the respect from that person you're speaking to and and when you do that you hope that it opens the door and shows that person that they can be the same with you also um yeah and i think yeah, yeah I think that's why our friendship probably is so strong, and but also I think it's our the friend our friendship that, you know we can. We 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 don't have to chat. You know how, sometimes your truest friends are the ones that you don't speak to every day because. You don't have to because you know when you do you're always gonna be the same, and I think with us that's how it is, and I think that's with with a few people. Well, majority of my friends that I am. Like going back and saying that like the friendships that I have are strong and I always think 
well, I don't know. If I didn't have social anxiety, would I have the friendships that I have? Mm. Yeah. But I'm lucky with the people I have around me, pretty much, is what I want to get to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, lucky. yes, you are. I'm lucky with the people <laughs> I have. And now that even I've moved to Bathgate, I'm very lucky that now I've got a very strong social group in Edinburgh, who I love, and I've got a strong social group now in Bathgate, who I also love. And it's yeah. amazing because there was definitely points in my life where I honestly thought I was going to be friendless and sad. Really? Very alone. Yes. Oh, that was... <laughs> 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 Thank God I that. But I do. Sometimes I'm like that, but then I'm like, no, to me, you actually just need to text someone back. Like, <laughs> if you're friendless and alone, it is your own fault. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just down to me. Speaking about how you've, like, how you have almost gotten better with with age and time um, at managing and looking after your mental health. Is there two or three things that you do that have really helped, that you do, that you've implemented, be that like seeing a therapist, being on medication, like, I don't know, whatever it is, like what have you done that has helped you? Well, if I compare myself to my worst to my best, I'd have to say, like, definitely some things, have, uh, like, routine for me, big, big thing. I need routine. You and why lockdown's been a bit iffy for me, but I digress. <laughs> but <laughs> having, a, like, it's what everybody says to do, and it's true, and for me, it does help. It's like, get a good night's sleep, have a good diet, mm-hmm. exercise, you know, like, three of those things those three things are massive and then it goes and then but and for me personally it's like actually being social when you've got social anxiety it is so easy to say no to things you know like because it's uncomfortable and it is uncomfortable but I always do this and I at first I will always be like oh I don't know if I want to go I don't want to do this but then I go and I enjoy myself. And each time I push myself to do those things, it gets easier and easier and easier. But then again, another one that I get feel better about, and I know it's... But I love to read. And, I, and I've and i only recently fell back in love with reading again because of this lockdown. And I'm so thankful for it because it gets you out of your head. You're in somebody else's world. And when I've been feeling low during this, I open up a book and I'm away from it. And I, I can't describe more than that. But it, it, it's just freeing. freeing. Um, yeah. I never thought reading books would be so freeing, but it really is. And also reading books that are, you know, can, can t- connect you with other people who feel the same way. Like recently I've been reading books by Bella Mackey and Matt Haig, both of which have dealt with either anxiety and depression or both. And it is so lovely knowing that you really aren't the only people who do it. And it's nice to see how other people have dealt with it, you know? And you get ideas mm-hmm. of how maybe you should, or maybe you should try new things. And like, for example, Matt Haig, he's quite, in his book that I've just finished, he was talking about maybe trying to stay away from social media as much like give yourself some space from it have like a couple of hours where you're not got your phone next to you and stuff like that and I'm like oh maybe that's something I should try you know like every once in a while just 
put the phone away and go off and do something else. And that's what, again, goes back to reading. Like, that takes me away from my phone and stuff. And it just allows me to be alone in my own little world. Um, but, yeah, again, and also other things like, you know, talking about it is a big yeah. thing. Talking about it is probably the best thing. Because as soon as the words come out and you realise that the people aren't looking at you with disgust on their face, <laughs> and you <laughs> realise that people can deal with it and are happy to, you know, either they'll... It's one or two ways. It's either they'll try and make you feel better or they'll try and take your yeah. mind off it. And both are fine. Both are good, yeah. you know? Like, and sometimes that's kind of the nicest thing to do is to keep chatting about something that's not connected to it because it's very easy just to fall down the rabbit hole of anxiety when you feel it. So if somebody else starts talking, it's a relief sometimes. Um, Andrew's very good at that. My partner. (laughs) (laughs) Your your partner. My partner. The father of your dog child. (laughs) (laughs) He's learnt sometimes I don't like being cuddled or told how to make myself feel better sometimes when I am low rather than I'm sometimes better when somebody just tries and doesn't like he goes oh do you want to watch a tv show or do you want to go for a walk or he just he doesn't tell me what to do you know what I mean like he doesn't yeah I don't know how to describe it but he he, he, I know yeah yeah. I feel like this as well and I think this is why I sometimes struggle to know what to do around other people when they're not feeling great because you know what you need to do to make yourself feel better Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean like I just so yeah I'm not gonna instruct you or tell you what to do Mm -hmm. because you know that today's just a bad day yeah so how are we gonna I don't know like get through it and both do something we can enjoy do you know um yeah yeah no, I, I think you do, like it, it took a wee while because I suppose for anybody, your first instinct when you see somebody's upset, it's very easy to be like, oh, maybe you should try this or maybe you should do this or blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, and, and kindness, you know, like you can't fault kindness, but I sometimes just need to have a moment by myself, you know, like I just need to, and it's like you were saying, it's like, I'll say it out loud, I'll feel better for it, but then I need to go off and just deal with it myself. And sometimes I just need you to sit there, listen to it, and be okay, and be okay that I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Alice? Yes? What's one ritual you can't live without? Mm. It sounds sad, but it's got to be exercise now, uh, in any form whether that be walking Maggie or doing some yoga or running. For me personally, I notice the difference between when I don't stick to that ritual and when I do. When I don't, I normally feel shit about myself. When I do, I feel so much better. Yeah. Um, it's made such a difference to me. It's one of the biggest things I can say that helped with my mental health. And now it has become a bit of a routine. Like every, and especially in lockdown, God, it gets me out of the house, you know. And You know what a, f- a phrase I like, which my friend Jen uses a lot, and almost as opposed to saying exercise, she says, like, moving her body. Mm-hmm. Because I think 
there's something about exercise that one like that word can feel very like you want to lose weight and you want to be ripped or can almost just feel a bit overwhelming yeah. for a lot of people and I think um for those who are able to something is just like moving your body be that doing like 10 star jumps in your garden walking taking the stairs like just even just like shaking your you know that we would always do that in drama almost like taking a deep breath and putting your hands in the air and then going like down the side Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just did that even that I just think just can just make you feel just a little bit more like ah no definitely and I think um the what I've been doing to move my body I like how you put that actually moving your body um it's like mainly it's been outside recently and I'm a big advocate for when you feel shit is to go outside because the psychologist part of me (laughs) has looked into so much research and it's so freeing and it and it takes you away from everything and just being in nature and going for that walk and I'm lucky now to have Maggie who is just nature complete you know I mean like a wee dog and it's the easiness and the freedom of her little life and then being outside which is just freedom you know and it kind of just makes you appreciate things a bit more and makes you step back and I don't know you just go outside your head for a bit and yeah yeah I love it I love it that being outside and then I feel you go from a point I don't know like maybe just like you know just walking to be outside or whatever because you know that's good for you and that's what you should do and blah 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 Mm. and it's almost like this progression to you know when you start to notice the things around you outside yeah and because you're complete you're more out of your head than in your head Mm -hmm. that your eyes are like open and you can appreciate what's around you and I think that is such a a wonderful feeling no definitely no it's really nice um that's like with the running in the mornings it's just that way of getting away from the house for a bit and you can't look at your phone when you run and all you can really concentrate in is on your breathing which is actually very relaxing when you actually you know finish spluttering about when you actually get used to running um and then eventually once you get to that point you can actually look up properly and take in everything that's around you and it's really and or even like taking the lyrics of the music that bit more and it's small things like that and again you know I already said it but social anxiety did make me appreciate the small things mm-hmm. and, it, and I definitely appreciate everything that now when I go on these runs or I'm on the walks or I'm with Maggie or whatever it's just really nice and really relaxing and I can't recommend it enough even if people are just sitting there go for a walk go do something where you are moving a little bit more outside and I'm sure you'll feel something you'll feel even maybe just a smidge better you know like it's a little bit of something that hopefully will help yeah I agree just go walk and sit on a bench that's what I do a lot (laughs) (laughs) to be honest um Alice, thank you. I feel like I've just got to know you a little bit more. And I almost <laughs> didn't think that was possible. Oh, oh God. I'm sorry, I've just got a text message. You know about me now, Jesus. 
no, but you know, I think we it's been a while since we've had a conversation like this. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, thank you so much. I feel very lucky and grateful to have you in my life. So thank you for sharing this no, uh, with but... me and everybody else. Hmm. No, thank you for having me. It's been quite therapeutic even. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I have tried to record an outro about 50 billion times and I've just realised I don't like it. It's too weird. Basically, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll leave links to Twitter and Instagram and stuff in whatever description box exists. I hope you have a lovely Sunday evening and a great week. I'll see you back here next Sunday with another guest. Bye.